Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Bruins and Bruins podcast of the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards and Pride Diehards. A quick note before today's show, if you've been following us on Twitter, you may have seen that our Bruins and Bruins episode title, Face Down, is bubbling toward what is sure to be a remarkably underwhelming finale with just two episode titles remaining. Which of those two episode titles will reign supreme as the greatest title in Bruins and Bruins history? Well, that, my friends, is up to you. And to help you make that decision, we've decided to allow a short campaign plea from the masterminds behind each contending episode title. First up is everybody's favorite Canadian dad. We've had him on the podcast a number of times, and he still does not know the name of our show. We know he's a gamer when it comes to hitting the sticks, but does he have what it takes to claim the coveted Bruise and Bruins episode title face down, representing episode 7 of season 3, also known as I've Had Four Scotches, it's Court Lalonde. Well, I was just notified that I'm in the finals for the Beers and Bruins podcast top episode thingy. Um, I'd say it's an honor, but uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Just for those guys. Um, It's an honor. Um, I'm going against Pat, so I can't believe I'm going to say this. Vote for him. Um, No one needs to hear my drunken episode, Uh, but thank you for the honor. And up next, it's our resident draft analyzer and Bruins Mythbuster, a man who resides from the one U.S. state that even South Dakota agrees is obscure, representing Season 2, Episode 25, Hashtag Bruins Chuck Norris. It's Pat Laverty in Rhode Island. First, I want to say thank you to the Bruise and Bruins boys for giving me this opportunity. Thanks to Chris, Drew, and Cam for both putting on this face-down competition of show titles, but I also want to congratulate my fellow Bruise and Bruins superfan Court for getting his suggested episode title all the way to the finish. I've had four scotches. That's a great name. And I think anyone who is listening today who's first a fan of scotch should vote for that episode. However, if you are a fan of the Boston Bruins or more specifically a fan of Tin Puck, a fan of Chucky Brightlights, a fan of the man who will bring the next Norris trophy to Boston, Charlie McAvoy himself, then I know you will vote for the best episode title in the history of Brews and Bruins. Vote early, vote often, tell your whole family, vote for hashtag Bruins Chuck Norris. Uh, 
podcast episode 79 of season three i do believe um i am drew johnson i'm presented by the hockey podcast network uh we got cam hasbrook presented by pride diehards and nick lanziani presented by bruins diehards and we're all owned by DraftKings. Um, yeah welcome welcome aboard uh we are celebrating i suppose i know lancy is i I myself am am happy with the result uh the stanley cup champion colorado avalanche 2022 hell yeah how you guys feel about it obviously it's not like the bruins one or anything but i see lancy i know lancy's been a a, a, yeah lancy's a a long time part-time Long-time part-time fan, Nick Lancey. Been on the bandwagon since, let's see, about uh, 2000-ish. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it feels I great. I why. First of all, uh, number one, because we now no longer live in a world where the Tampa Bay Lightning are defending Stanley Cup champions. So that's good. But also, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where a team that has, for the last few years, people have been saying, oh, they failed, they failed, they failed finally does a thing right about the same time that i say hey if everyone just shuts up they'll do it this is now three teams in a row not consecutive years but three teams you know washington about 2017 everyone was saying like, they gotta do it oh they failed well they suck they gotta blow it up and then going into 2017-18 i was like if everyone just shuts up about them they'll probably win then they won you know, in 2018, people were saying, well, Tampa, oh, well, they failed. 2019, oh, well, you had 62 wins and you have no wins in the playoffs. 2020 and 2021, if everyone just shuts up about them a little bit, they win. Same thing with the Avs. The last few years, people have been saying 2019, they really should have made it. 2020, they really should have made it. Where, where were they in 2021, right? Well, everyone shut up about them a little bit and uh, they went 16 and 4. And realistically, they could have gone 16 and 2 in the postseason this year which is unheard of especially in the modern era of hockey in the salary cap world so things are great uh if you if you're joe sackick you love it and even if you are a little bit worried about well now what they do what do they do about the cap crunch and everything you win a cup guys are more likely to stay for less because they'll look at the Tampa model of the last few years, they'll look at what Colorado can do and say, if I just sign at five million instead of seven, you know, that means we can get someone at the trade deadline or at the very least add some depth and free agency to the bottom six. And who knows, maybe we can go back to back or two out of three or what have you. So they're in very great shape right now. Yeah, obviously, uh, in the in the wake of having just won the Stanley Cup, it's it's an incredible feeling. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, you know, if you're if you're trying to build the dynasty, it's it's on to the next before too long. So I'm sure they'll take some time to bask in the glory here, well earned uh, right now. But pretty soon, it is going to be about re-upping and, and retooling. And it's always interesting to talk about those team-friendly contracts because it's got to be buy-in on a on a mass scale and it's it's interesting to see who the first guys are who are willing to take that jump because you know if you take the the five or you know the two million dollar salary cut or a one million dollar salary cut in hopes that you know that's extra money the team can use to add at the deadline but then you know three or four other guys are just eating that up elsewhere then you feel like you kind of got shit on a little bit i'm sure because you you took a pass and and somebody else ate it up and 
now you know it was for nothing so uh it seems like it's a it's a team that has been well run the last couple of years and i know it's easier to say that in hindsight having come out of a stanley cup but you know it's it's interesting with those teams that are wagons like that and didn't quite make it because you knew they were always capable of blowing up and it's never really a surprise when they win but it's like all right well how do you view it over the last six or seven years now so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how how quickly they can retool. Whether they're going to immediately start to see pieces fall off. Whether once it comes to be you know some of these guys going to free agency, whether they're willing to, to buy into that or or what. But I guess those are questions for maybe next week. For now, it's it's just time to celebrate. It's yeah, ultimately, celebrate I'd say you got three names off the top of your head that you wonder. Okay, where do they fit in next year? Darren Helm, Andrew Cogliano. Valerian Nikushin, I, I view him, Nikushin, sorry, I view him more as the Michael Ryder in 2011 to the Avs in 2022 in that he had a fantastic postseason and he's looked great in an Avs sweater. Can he get more on the market? Absolutely. Does he want bigger, better playing time? It's possible. I mean, Nazem Kadri, he, he tends to be the kind of guy that I look at and say he would do something for the team and that he might take a discount and say, Hey, things are great in Colorado. I don't want to go anywhere else. And you know, it, from what he was saying last night, it doesn't sound like he wants to go back to Toronto. Yeah. Even though the Leafs are in great position, a little foreshadowing here for the future. You know, what's the next team that if everyone just shuts up about, they're going to win. Is it the Maple Leafs? Is it the Vegas golden Knights? Is it the Calgary flames? I'll let you guys try to decide. Is but, it the uh, Boston Bruins? Hint, no. <laughs> I'll make my pick and write it down and then, you know, point it out in next June and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> four for four now. Hey, but, you but, you guys. Know. Um, I'll, well, I'll say before I propose a toast and we go into drinks. Um, yeah, good for the Avs. I, I mean, I've had a soft spot for him ever since Ray Bork. Um, I think a lot of people in Boston have. Um, and Do we get a celebration especially this, this time. I just froze for a second. <laughs> it made for a great awkward silence that I kind of just let carry on, so it's okay. Right? <laughs> I think this team, uh, especially just this group of players, you got McKinnon, you got uh, Landeskog, uh, Rantanen, um, and, and the list goes on as, as a lot of the players you guys listen to. It, it seemed like a cadre, another one, just uh, guys who have grinded for a long time, whether they were long time abs, whether they were on different teams, just had shots, was never on a team to quite make it. Uh, and, they, you know, they all come together and, and do it. And happy for Kale McCart, too, because he's – I think he's got a lot of cups in his future. <laughs> he's uh, – I'd be surprised. But, yeah, I mean, you never know in hockey, obviously, uh, some of the greatest players to – play the game and haven't gotten the cup. So, uh, but I feel like he's got plenty in his future. If I, if he stays the abs for the rest of his career, or he winds up bouncing around towards the end of his career or something as a veteran, uh, I feel like, I feel like he's got more in his future. Just, he can just take you, your team and completely elevate it. That's why he was Norris and Consmark. Hot take from Bruce. I was just going to say car, good uh, future. Car. Yeah. Best defender in the league. Kill McCarr, you win, the Norris, well, see, you win playoff MVP, here, so and the cup in the same year. No offense to Charlie McAvoy. He'll he'll have his. Hopefully soon he'll have his due. Um. Anyway, guys, what you what you drinking? Oh, my toast is yo yeah. yeah. Drink to that. I don't know. Drew's what are you guys drinking? Lagging a shit ton, and who's Grandpa Jones, Drew? 
Uh, that's me, obviously. Why? Well, Drew changed his name to Grandpa Jones. I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, anyway, yeah, broke out a little something not so very special, even though it is a special occasion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the last thing on the abs, I guess, is just like this is definitely the, the most thrilled, even though I, I wouldn't quite call myself like a secondary abs fan to the point that Lancey is. Um, they're a team I've, I've definitely had a soft spot for. Probably, if you, I think you'd ask me 10, 15 years ago, even who my, my second favorite NHL team would be, it'd probably be the Avs. And that's probably just being raised as a Bruins fan in the, in the, like the, post Ray Bork era, the having that soft spot on the West coast and Colorado's a place I've always admired. So um, granted the last couple of years have been like, you know, back to back with Tampa and then going back to St. Louis and stuff. But this is definitely the most happy I've been about a non Bruins team winning in, in a while. And, and honestly, I think in any sport of a non, you know, Boston slash my LA Rams team winning, uh, you know, as if, well, it's always like, you know, your team gets knocked out and you're like, oh, who do you want to see now? And it's like, oh, it's Colorado. To see them actually go and do it is kind of cool. So uh, anyway, I'm just drinking uh, – I broke out a little wine. I'm usually a red wine kind of guy, but I broke out a little white wine today. So it looks like it will pass the Drew test. Uh, it is a Tisdale Pinot Grigio. Uh, it's pretty cheap. It's really cheap. It says at Tisdale Vineyards, we know that life is full of quality experiences. We want you to take some time to savor them. I don't know if this is a quality experience, but I don't know. I mean, it's white wine. It's, it's decent. It's sweet. Not how white go. wine is. Not at all dry, really. Um, but for wine, I got for like six or seven bucks from the grocery store earlier while I decided to make dinner. It's not too bad. Um, just like those Colorado Avalanche, not too bad. <laughs> uh, Lance, Lance, pretty, pretty good. I am getting over a cold, so I'm just downing a lot of water. As you should. 14 out of 10 would recommend. Uh, but I will comment on several of the drinks I had while I was on a little vacation. Uh, I had the finished long drink for the first time. So 37s oh. all around. Or should I say 40 out of 37? I can make a special exception oh, yeah. given you know partial ownership to Karask. Uh, what else? Oh, I had lots of Miller Lite because for the brand here. So 37s all around on that. Had a couple of Coors Light because I didn't have Miller Light at one of the places. I, was I do like so. Miller Coors. It's the same team. Works. Exactly. So again, 37s all around, although not as good as the Millies. And uh, this water also really good at saving me today because I've been coughing a lot. It's not COVID, but I've been coughing. And it's pretty fun to just not have a voice for half the day. But it's anyway, cool though. So it's good for podcasting or whatever. Drew, <clears throat> I have Thank you, Drew. Um, you're welcome. Uh, I have a Citizen Cider Unified Press. Um, it is 5.2% traditional semi dry cider, certainly semi dry. I like, <clears throat> I like the Down East ciders, but. A lot of the time, they're just so sugary and stuff that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't just – I can't handle too many. Um, so I like some of the drier ciders, and this is, like, a good balance of – you definitely get that sweetness, that little bit of sugariness, but it doesn't feel overpowering. Yeah, Citizen Cider is really good. I like their uh, – the one with ginger in it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's like a silver and blue can. Um, the drinkability – gonna go 26 tasteability i'm gonna go 
26 as well. Um, feeling some Blake Wheeler. Um, I didn't even rate this. I just realized. The, the Pinot, Tisdale Pinot Grigio. Drinkability. It's white wine. You can drink the shit out of it. 37. Uh, tasteability. Pretty sweet. So, like a 33. Probably a little too sweet for my liking, but not not bad. I um one other thing I'll mention just <clears throat> got me thinking down east. Um, I had the other day at Wilson's uh, barbecue, whatever you know what I mean. Wilson's County Barbecue. Yeah, we've been there uh, together. Um, went with my two friends and Julia, um, and I got a pineapple down east cider. It was very. Very interesting because I'm not a big fan of, of, of that. Usually, like pineapple juice itself, but it was very, it was like pretty subtle. Um, so it was actually really good. I was surprised I liked it. I had to try it once I saw it. I was kind of thinking, eh, I'm probably not going to be able to finish this, but it was, it was very good. So check that on, out, folks. On the related, yeah, blah, God. On the related note of free samples and things, uh, I did try while I was out at a bar they some promo marketing team they're like try this whiskey because it's new and we want to sell it and uh they gave it to me and i had it and was like why would i want to drink a whiskey that tastes like cookie dough uh but if there's a cookie dough whiskey if someone is in the market for that wow not not me but I somebody's definitely in the market for it yeah they handed me a free shot of whiskey i said okay it was also after the College World Series, and uh, you know, by that point, I had several Miller Lights. So, uh, what I'm saying is, Dad, if you're listening, you, you didn't hear any of this. Anyway, the Millies, the, the Millies can get you; they can do you dirty sometimes. Or <laughs> just space them out just enough. Um, um, a very um, Bruce and Bruins first, like five minutes with the cup. For the abs, huh? Denting it like yeah. before they can even get a fucking picture in. I feel like yeah. that's what we do. I feel like we would like, I don't even know, dismantle the cup somehow if we had it for like five minutes. <laughs> Philip Pritchard's never—that's his name, right? The cup guy, with the gloves. Pritchard, yeah. yeah. Or is it Pritchard? It, it figures that the one of like two guys on the team that didn't get a point this postseason, yeah, dented it. Shout out Nicholas. It doesn't always show up on the score sheet. Sometimes it shows up literally on the Stanley Cup. So <laughs> uh, he had yeah. a great season, though. It was just a bit of a rough go in the playoffs. Uh, some lineup changes and such. Jack Johnson, on the other hand, speaking of Johnson's distantly related to Drew over here, Jack mm-hmm. Johnson looked great, and I'm happy for him. Didn't have a point, but came in after Sam Gerrard went down with an injury and just looked fine, which as several other friends of the podcast know they're like i can't believe the abs are just playing you know punch the lightning in the face and everything and this and that and how dominant their defense is and i want to be like did you not watch them at all this season they've been that good jack johnson the first goal of the year was a shorthanded goal (laughs) (laughs) i can't explain how any of it happened but it did uh there was something else stanley cup related i wanted to quickly mention but I am having trouble forgetting or remember. I'm not having any trouble forgetting it. I'm doing that well. I haven't had that much wine yet. Yeah. Mm-mm. Not really at all. Um, what I haven't forgotten is that hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on. Wink. 
And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. Just got to go back in time to use it. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. We're going to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays. You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what the code. TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions. Splash the show notes for details. Whoa. Donald Sweeney. Is his full name Donald, do you think? Do you think it's just Don? I mean, there's Wikipedia for a reason. Yeah, I, I guess it's just can... Don. I'll look at it. Donald uh, I'm going to Google Sweeney. Donald Sweeney and see what happens. And while you do that, Donald Clark about... Sweeney. Donald oh, Clark. Man, I can't tell the story. Fucking Clark. Clark <laughs> All right, well, uh, so the Bruins have re-signed Clark. To, did they give the terms yet, or was it just a multi-year? Is that what's they just said multi-year so extension, which... I would like everyone to calm down. Yeah. Please. I, yeah. I mean, it's the summer. Go outside. It's great. Uh, feels unless you get sick, in which case, don't go outside. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, no. So GMs get extended all the time. Coaches get extended all the time. And very rarely do they make it to the end of that new extension. Yeah. So this isn't necessarily the the organization saying, hey, we think you've done a great job. It's just it's more or less insurance uh, because there isn't someone that's readily available that they might say at some point between now and the end of the current contract. That's our person. We want to hire them. You do this so that you're not in a complete uh, disarray when the time comes. If the Bruins miss the playoffs next year and they fire Don Sweeney. You know, you're just protecting yourself from the inevitable, okay, now we need to find a replacement and we're not necessarily thinking from within. So who's available outside? Oh, they're all, they're all on a job right now. They're all not available. This is one of those types of moves where it's just, it's the business. Uh, I don't think, again, I don't think he'll be here for that much longer. Now, if they somehow win a cup next year and prove me wrong, incredible. I would love it. The, the entire fan base would love to see that. The entire fan base hopefully recognizes at this point they're not a cup contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. more importantly, in terms of what PR things they could do, well, I mean, announcing a head coach at some point would be pretty sweet. I know we'll get into that with listener questions. Uh, leaking anything about jerseys or somewhat related to the Winter Classic coming up, that would be kind of fun for the summer. But I know that they've got plenty of time between the draft and free agency to figure something out. But uh, but seriously, give us some off-season content that it can be used a little bit as a distraction. Bear tracks, bring that back. I know you might say, but they do that in like August. Yeah, but when your season ended in May, you might want to get a little jump on that. Do something local. Charlie Coyle has to be up to something in Weymouth these days. I think the the... The funny thing about the whole Sweeney Cassidy situation is I've never seen the Bruins fan base like so aligned and unified on anything like this. I really haven't. Other than being like happy they win the Stanley Cup. Like I've never seen something so in line where like, you know, you have uh, the Tuca haters and the Tuca lovers. You have the 
crazy lovers and the crazy haters. You have the people who want toughness and all that. You have the people who are like, bring better drafting. Oh, the John Moore rocks, bro. John Moore's sick and John Moore sucks. Um, like everyone seems to be on board that they like made ownership made the wrong call. Um, I hope Sweeney realizes that they make the wrong call and he's just rolling with it. Uh, it just doesn't make, it just doesn't really make sense other than ownership wants to stick with their dude for some reason. I Sweeney, you have one of the top 10 coaches in the NHL and you have a GM that's been like has a tough history in drafting and free agent signings trades. Okay. I suppose. Um, that you, which guy do you go with? You stick with your coach while you're going through this whole retooling, rebuilding, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, and going into this new era, just Sweeney is not the GM to do that. And they had a coach that could have been able to, you know, keep them competitive during, during a weird lull that they're kind of in now. Yeah. If you're really feels like an owner, you ask the players and then you go from there. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely feels like should there been a the second shoot to fall. Absolutely, but not yet because that's just not what they do. Cam, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, you're good. I was saying. It's I'll do it one just... more time just because I can. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> I forgot what I was going to say. No, I'm kidding. Um, did I forget what I was going to say? Oh, oh no, yeah. Just just to kind of re up. Lancey's point earlier, as soon as they fired the coach without firing the GM, the GM was getting resigned. So it mm. doesn't mean it's a massive boat of confidence from Neely and the Jacobs family. It means that they don't have anybody to immediately replace their GM. So like Lancey said, they're going to do that. Now, I do also agree with Lancey that the smarter decision in my end would have been to say, well, hey, obviously the coach is the problem. It seems like it's coming more from the front office. So keep the guy that the players are working with directly, a.k.a. the coach, the same while we try to transition the GM, um, but, you know, and then you can work from there. And if, if, you know, the new GM eventually comes in and decides they want a different path for the coach or whatever, then that's, that's one thing, but uh, getting rid of the coach to test out the GM that you've been testing out for the last half decade or so. uh, And then, you know, deciding what to do from there. And, and, you know, ultimately it, it, I am with Lancey. It probably ends with Sweeney getting fired next year, two years from now, and then you start this process again, and you've essentially just, you know, pissed away a year there. So, I don't know. I get it. I get why they're doing it. At, well, I get why they're doing it in the sense that I expected them to do it, because that's kind of how hockey's done. Um, and it's disappointing that the Bruins are just kicking that wheel, you know, along. Um, but eventually, well, hopefully, we'll see some results, but it, it might take a little while at this point. I I think it's it's probably tough, like when you're so close to a draft and so close to like the free agent frenzy and stuff, to like part with a GM. Then, like the Bruins are though? so close to that. I mean, I mean Jeff Gordon think... had the interim role and signed Mark Savard and Zdeno Chara in 2006, or maybe that was Michael Connell. Point being, there was there was someone just before Peter Shirelli because the Bruins couldn't hire Shirelli officially out of Ottawa until something was met in his contract there and he couldn't provide any sort of scouting knowledge or what have you. So they had to wait until after the draft, after free agency for him to walk in and be like, all right, I'm the new guy in town. Kind of. I mean, you've, you've talked to me like four or five times now, but, uh, but I'm the new guy in town and we're going to do things this way. Now we're going to move on from Brad Stewart and 
Wayne Primo and get Andrew Ference and Chuck Kobasu instead, and then do things from there. Awesome. Um, anything else on that before we go to some listener questions? Send it. Well, we got two tweets that you gotta hit though. So two tweets we gotta hit. Like for the listener questions, I had scheduled a tweet and then you sent one. So I think we have <laughs> tweets sending from two. Awesome. That's that's great. Um, We'd love to see it. I might be able to pull one up if you want. Uh, I have one of them. Uh, I could pull the other. Sorry. I could do, do mine if you want to do the one you scheduled. Where is it? Oh, mine got no responses, so never mind. Two retweets from Lancey and me. All right. <laughs> um, all righty. Then I got some questions lined up here. Um, and I, I gave I gave bonus points for non-hockey-related ones. So Bruins coverage at Bruins coverage underscore asks, which three Bruins are you most excited to see next season? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Number one, uh, Charlie McAvoy. Just seeing more of him. Um, his development, I think he's been on the precipice and it's been a lot of really good defensemen around the league. Obviously, CKM Makar, um, who are kind of jostling for possession right now, which is, is awesome. But um, even with the, the season that some of those guys had, I think McAvoy is, is among the elite of the NHL defensemen. And um, especially with some of the other injuries they're going to have this year, I know he's going to be recovering too, but uh, it would be nice to really see him step up when he's healthy and just – Really, I don't know. A, a true Norris caliber season would be would be sweet to see. I think he has been there the last couple of years, and you know, obviously McCarvey's going to went this year and stuff, and he's been kind of right in that two three slot. I think as far as deserving uh, the award over the last couple of years, so seeing him break through would be nice. Um, beyond that, I mean, honestly, David Pasternak is just such a joy to watch anytime he plays hockey. Just like the way he plays and and the passion he has for it, and. Uh, I'm trying to think of a young guy. I mean, uh, if if Jay DeBrusque is there, I would be extremely interested to see what what he has to do. I mean, it's like a little bit of a road to get there still with all the moving parts that are going on right now in the organization. But um, kind of just seeing him refired at the end of last season toward the back half was was pretty sweet. And I think we saw the best hockey we've seen out of him probably in his entire career then. So. Uh, I like to see if he can build off that, or if it was just another hot stretch from a guy who's gone up and down a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think for me, wow, I exited the questions, but I'll find it. For me, um, I would say Swayman. Um, just he's the future, baby. We gotta see him keep progressing. Um, and then I'm gonna say Stanika just because I want to see. If he's got it, if he's going to be with the team, this is kind of the make or break season for him, I think, because of the direction the team, the team's at a crossroads right now. And they really got to just see the prospects they have. Are they going to be good? What role are they slotting into? Are they expendable? Because if you have the the Bruins, Don Sweeney fucking has the, the track record of holding on to players too long. Like he, Waits beyond their trade, but he like holds on to them. I feel like too long, tries to make it work, and then it 
doesn't always work, obviously. But I feel like there's been opportunities where, like, obviously you're trying to get this guy into the lineup. You're trying to get this guy into the NHL. Um, anyway, I know we're out the Don Sweeney thing. But you I want to argue the contrary can... there, actually, given uh, Frank Fatrano, Danton Heinen, Andres Bjork in some level. But, but anyway. I just, I just think they're – like Jake DeBrusque is an example or uh, Seneshin, I think. Um, yeah, I get, his, his track record's all murky and stuff, which is one of the reasons I want him there. But, yes, you're right. There have been some instances for sure where uh, he's, he's done it at the right time. But I think it's a make or break, at least with Boston season for Stanika, and I would really like to see as my third guy, uh, Lisa, to see how he does. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be in Boston next season. I think he'll he'll start in Providence, if that, and uh, yeah, we go from there. But speaking of guys in Providence, I'd like to focus a little more on Oscar Steen. I really believe he was given the chance to you know show us what you got. We'll we'll take you the Brad Marchand route, give you about a quarter of the season, whether it was all at once or because at times due to injuries. And next year, with the injuries that they'll have the depth that they don't necessarily have. It's not a bad idea to start them on the fourth line and say, it's yours to lose, you know, like go, you can go up, you can go down, see what you got. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to watch more of Oscar Steen and his massive thighs. And uh, Jack is Sean, as people have been saying, at least this year, you know, he's not quite ready yet, but next year, next year, he's more on track to be on the blue line in Boston. I would love to see what he can do. Uh, again, I'm not saying either of these guys are going to be Calder Trophy favorites by any means, but in terms of just general development and where are we at as an organization, those are two guys I'm really keying in on. And the third player I'm most excited to see next year is just someone that I wish we could have had a full healthy season out of this year, Jacob Zaboral, because he really made 180 from being up a little too soon and in too many games in 2020-2021 to he's changed his game he's he's become more confident uh has definitively played more to a style and then he tore his acl which never a good thing so getting him back will be great especially considering the the three major out of the top four defenders that they'll be missing for at least a month or two come October, but uh, Steen, Ashan, and Zaboral are the three I'm excited to see next year where they're at in their development. Yeah, Steen was the other one that came to mind for me, and I feel like Zaboral <clears throat> was like the one that I like. I, we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and I was like, holy shit, I forgot like how much we were talking about him through the first couple weeks of the season, so um, tack that one on in mind. I would like to see, especially coming back from an injury, like an ACL injury, that could be so unpredictable. Really going to be interesting to see if he can pick up where he left off or whether he's going to struggle again. Definitely. Um, I know, Cam, you got to go soon, so we can do, go rapid fire through these next few. Um, no explanations, just answers. <laughs> no uh, drama, N- just talking. N-E-J-A. Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, mine's it's a, little, it's a little basic, but Spider-Man. I love myself some Spider-Man. Kid, kid's a journalist. Kid's a photojournalist. Love it. Oh, yeah. Love it. There's like two dozen of those movies, right? And then however yeah. many shows. 
I've seen like yeah. three of them. So I have to sit this one out respectfully. Yeah, um, I haven't seen like many of the new ones. I was kind of about watching the movies for a while. Never like that. See, I wasn't like, oh, I got to see every one. But like friends would be like, hey, you want to watch this one? And I'd be like, oh, sure. But I kind of stopped trying. It just, it's too much. It's too much. Like, Never got superheroes. So much. I got yeah, Star like, Wars instead. Yeah, I don't know. I, some of the movies are, are quite good for, you know, they've made some of the better superhero movies I've made, I've watched, but it's just like, eventually it's like, all right, I, I need something other than superhero movies. And if you're buying into like the Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. then it's like consuming. So um, probably Spider-Man or Cap though, for me, both, uh, mm-hmm. both pretty cool. Shout out to true Star Captain Wars. America, Christian Pulisic. I would go with Obi-Wan because of course, Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite. Anyway. Um, I'm a DC guy, Batman, Superman. Um, yeah, Batman. Joe Moore at J Moore Hockey asks, and again, no the one J Moore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe it's John Moore. This guy. This is um, Burner account. Joe. Yeah. Answers only. No explanation. Who would you like to see the Bruins get this? <laughs> Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> um, turned his comments off for some reason. I don't know why. Um. A good coach, honestly. I don't like, and I don't even know what that means right now. Because again, I, we're gonna get so many quick coach reactions from when whoever Sounds is like hired. Sounds like a lot of explaining, Cam. But a good coach. Yeah, well, so which there's I'll be like three parts later to, on to yeah, Joe Moore's question here. So the first part, who would I like to see the Bruins get this off season? I think we talked about before Vincent Trocheck. I don't think it'll actually happen because you have to. The Bruins have to make a move before they try to really yeah. make a move in free agency. And uh, I have no idea what's up their sleeve in terms of trades approaching the, the draft and whatnot. Because at this point, if they hire a coach before the draft, you talk to Jake DeBrusque and say, things are pretty good now, huh? Do you want to stick around for this? Like, If we just tell you you're on the first line with Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron when they're healthy, then you'll be good, right? Or if he says, like, nah, I really want to get out of here. Life is great, and I'm happy for him. Jake, if you listen to this, uh, really good to see that you're doing well. But uh, that that is really what is hinging everything on just that. Like, you yeah, need to figure really out what you're doing with Jake DeBrusque, and then you can deal with the rest. Trotruck would be a great addition for the second line, and any second line center at this point. You guys are horrible at this fucking game. I'm going to say uh, the entire Colorado Avalanche roster. Okay, second from Joe Moore. Who would you like to see coach the Bruins next season? Cam, we'll so, start with you. <laughs> oh, Lancey's ready to rock. Lancey, what you got? Yeah. So if it's truly down to Jay Leach and David Quinn, please do not hire David Quinn. I don't care that, oh, but the BU connection and he coached Grizzlick and McAvoy. What did they win while he was there? What did they honestly win? Other than you know, the beanpot once or twice. That doesn't nobody like a couple about games. the beanpot like, yeah. outside of here. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, Jay Leach is much more in tune with what the organization needs right now, which is someone fresh that is a player's coach, doesn't get called a college hockey coach by his former NHL team when he was standing there in the room. You need someone that, again come in with a fresh perspective, really set them to a grind. And you don't need to do this rehabilitation project where David Quinn, like Bruce Cassidy at the time, when he was hired by the Bruins, would be getting into his second NHL head coaching gig. Except he's not Bruce Cassidy. He, I don't see David Quinn pulling off, you know, the immaculate 
reception sort of style here where he'll just be good all of a sudden. You need to have someone that is either going to be down for a little transition or, you know, more of a long-term project with the team a la Jared Bednar and the Colorado Avalanche. We can talk about how the Blue Jacks really should not have let him go, but anyway. Uh, but but that's just it. I mean, Bednar had 48 points in his first season and everyone said he sucks. No. He's the first and only head coach in the NHL to have won a Kelly Cup, a Calder Cup, and a Stanley Cup. I don't think he sucks after one bad Pretty season. Pretty good resume, yeah. David Quinn unfairly might get that sort of hatred to, from me, but it's because you should hire Jay Leach. And if, if it becomes Jim Montgomery, because I know he was a finalist, then fine. But just not David Quinn. Please not David Quinn. Yeah, perfect world for me. It's younger with an asterisk. Not that important, but tends to flow with fresh, one of the same, and motivated in like a very specific direction that is like tangible and achievable for the for the organization. Not necessarily this year, but a tangible three, four, five years. Here's the style of play that I want to see implemented. Hopefully something similar to a, a Colorado or a Tampa Bay that's fast and hard as opposed to just heavy. Um, and yeah, those person. are my big one. I, I think it would be somebody younger that would be fresh, but with somebody who was only, I don't necessarily see age, like a certain, you got to be below 40 or something. I just need somebody who's bringing something new to the table and somebody that can like rally around. Like my perfect example, I guess, even though he's not necessarily like super young is looking to soccer, Jurgen Klopp, which is like, I think he's the best coach in the world in any sport. Um, but somebody who has a very specific, this is his style and people are – he's able to get people to buy into it, and that's what makes them so special, I think. So the Bruins, I thought, had a little bit of that with Cassidy early on. I still think he was a good coach by the time they canned him, but I want somebody who come in and say, oh, this is this is the goal that they're trying to – they want this team to play like this, and people will buy into that system. Yeah, uh, and we'll see if they can bring somebody in like that. I have a feeling it's probably going to be no, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, this is a great game of just answers, no explanation. Uh, so who would you like to see coach the Bruins next season? Bruce Cassidy is my answer. Um, question three from Joe Moore. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. This one's tough for me, but dogs. Well, I mean, you got the profile pic of a dog, so I feel like I have to say dog. Dog. Also because the cat I had set the bar too high, so dogs. Dogs in general, but I have the best cat in the fucking world right now. Uh, Mark. At Mark Paselli 13 says, why does Detroit-style pizza exist, and have you ever tried it? I don't know and no. That's like the rectangular one that's like, it's not deep dish, but it's like thicker, right, I think? Yeah, I mean, other places you might be like, oh, it's Sicilian, but it's not actually Sicilian. Yeah, it's like similar to Sicilian. I don't know. I feel like if I'm doing that, I would just eat Sicilian. Serve it at Little It's like deep dish, but rectangular, as you mentioned. And I don't remember if it's sauce and cheese or cheese and sauce. Drew is probably looking it up. It's uh, it's like it cheese, like and it's cheese and sauce. Yeah. yeah, cheese and sauce. Right. Yeah. See, so just go. Uh, I would yeah. like it. Just go Sicilian. It's good. It, I don't. You know. You need the. The inverse Sicilian is basically what you're saying. Is what Detroit style is. Why does it exist? Why not? And uh, I probably had it years ago because I lived in Texas for a little while, and we used to get Little Caesars. So I'm assuming I've had it. And I probably hated it. So go Red Wings, I guess. 
last but certainly not least, Sean Rajateke. Sean Rajat or Rajot or whatever we decided. Um, favorite. I, uh, I hope Sean's fine. It's Rajat, consistently yeah. Just it's Rashad. It differently every time. Uh, favorite non-hockey sports jersey of all time, any era, any player. Um, so I'm trying to find the player, but I do know the sport. And the X out of it. Uh, I did. I thought I had the player. I kind of like up. Uh, um. All right, I'm gonna butcher the name. Uh, Pardeep. Narwhal. Um, so he's a Kabaddi player, and if you've never heard of the sport Kabaddi, it is like insane. It's like fucking tag on crack and steroids at the same time. Um, it, it's really cool. If you so just, the like, anti-doping up... league is not looking at this league at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but he's like apparently he's like one of the best players in the world. I've watched like the world championship of this sport one time. It's uh it's big in India. Um, and they play it, it – it's in a lot of the, uh, the former British colonies' imperialism times. Which is, it's, that's like a lot of British sport, like cricket and stuff, you know, is big in those countries. Kabaddi is kind of the same way, um, but mainly in India. And it's, it's really – it's really interesting. It's really interesting to watch. I watch – but, I, again, I watched the World Championship highest stakes ever. It wasn't like I watched, like, a regular season game of this uh, – Maybe the if the NHL next time the NHL um, is in COVID protocol or stops because it always does during this podcast, we'll do some Kabaddi podcast. Nice. Um, non hockey. I have a lot for hockey, but for non hockey, um, it's hard. I it have a. One, uh, it could be one you don't have. It doesn't have to be one I have. I'm going that with one, one I, I do have. I have a uh, an '85 uh, Len Bias Maryland jersey. It's pretty sweet. There um, you go. Kind of. I love the vintage Terrapins look. The kind of red, yellow, white. They didn't have as much of the black back then. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a super clean look. Very. It looks very '70s, '80s retroy, uh, and you know. Rip on bias, but this is hard for me because uh, if we're talking like jerseys, I have I don't have too many outside of hockey jerseys, and it's all Boston sports in that regard because, of course, it is. Uh, and Boston sports tend to have a great palette and a wide array of colors to choose from, but I'm going to try to pick something that's not Boston sports. Uh, honorable mention to Norway's curling pants that we saw in the last three or four years. They were fantastic. I would love to have that as part of my uniform for anything. Maybe take that and combine it with uh, the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team pride jerseys that they just wore the other night in Colorado. Uh, number one, we, we left the, the pride numbers on the back, but I also really love the, the out-of-this-world kind of design that they had with the red and the blue and everything. Uh so if you take that and you take Norway's pants, I'm just saying you have you have a look. Um, but as much as I love the traditional and non-traditional hockey jersey aesthetic and everything, I will probably just be boring and say that there's nothing better than looking at, you know, like a St. Louis Cardinals jersey or 
even the Dodgers, if you want. Like just most clean, what, cream, one of the like cleanest baseball jerseys. San Francisco yeah. Giants, even just one of those teams where you're like, they've been around forever. They have kind of a, a decent logo. It's recognizable anywhere. Uh, when I was nine, I remember when the Sox beat the Cardinals in 04. I remember being like, well, I can't really hate the Cardinals. I mean, I, I saw the jersey and was like, that looks nice. They got Cardinals on bats. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool like if, if you're nine that's what sports are to you if it looks cool you like it if you don't think it looks cool you don't like it yes yeah. also how i became an avalanche fan in a way i thought yeah. it looked cool when i was like five great so. jersey so i was gonna mention that earlier but uh, i have a ted williams throwback socks jersey it's like the cream and red that's really sweet uh also a real quick shout out to uh a soccer jersey i saw today for uh vermont green uh fc from the uh, usl incredible jerseys especially they have a, a third i'm a, again i love cream jerseys they have a third that's like a cream and like a dark vermont green that's just choice shout out the usl right. come to portland i'm gonna I sh- i'll give a uh, shout to the the one i own uh is uh maurice jones drew the former jacksonville jaguars running back there you go. and i liked him because guess why i liked him uh, his unique running style, Drew. Being... Yes, Lancey Drew. That was why I liked him, and he was decent. It's hard for me to find a Lancey. Did he have like a really sports. unique running style? Oh <laughs> no, I just made it up. It's just the obvious. The low hanging fruit was yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, those were all the listener questions. Great questions, folks. Hey, hey, what do you say? The Colorado Avalanche are here to stay. Bye. Bye.